Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Woogie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health. But it's not just mental health. Um, it's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Woggie here, but more often than not, we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but more often than anything, it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we're more about people and stories. So welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Welcome back. It is um, autumn here in um, kind of darkest Essex. It is. It's dreary. It's raining. Our sunshine has gone and we are now buying jumpers. So, yeah, this is it. Welcome back, listeners. I quite like that, though. (laughs) I quite like it. Well, today we have got uh, Tess Brigham. And Tess, you're not from the UK, are you? No, no, I'm not. But um, I am a big, big fan of uh, British television. I, ha- I have the app, the Acorn TV. So I watch a lot of British mysteries. Oh, like murder mysteries. Yes, yes. And my son is, he's fascinated by the, by the culture. He loves to have What's your breakfast? He, he wanted us to figure out how to get blood sausage at one point. Oh. But we had to fig- go to the special section to get the special English beans. He was having this breakfast for a while of eggs, beans. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, he wanted all of that. We did, we did the best we could out here in California. Yeah, black pudding is uh, black pudding is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, quite a yeah, taste. It is, yeah. It's... it's very irony <laughs> given yeah, the blood yeah, I'm, like, yeah I'm, I'm still not convinced do I like it or not yeah sometimes it's yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's lovely to have uh, an anglophile one with us then. <laughs> yes <laughs> my limited resources this is a information. Thing. no it is good everybody likes everybody likes a good English breakfast yes <laughs> so um tell us about what what it is you do what you do then uh Tess Sure. Um, So I am a licensed psychotherapist, 
and I'm also a board certified coach. So, um, and I specialize in working with young adults. Um, so uh, I've been working with people for over 15 years. And about 10 years ago, I opened a, uh, a therapy practice in downtown San Francisco. So I'm in California in the San Francisco Bay. And um, I didn't know who to expect, but all of a sudden, all of these young adults started showing up 23, 24, 25. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember my twenties. They were hard yeah. and it was confusing and I didn't know what I was doing and I was really lost. And, um, and, but what struck me was that the world was so radically different, you know, being a 20 something in, you know, 2012, 2015, whatever it was, was very different than being a 20 something when, you know, in the nineties, which is yeah. I'm aging myself here, but yeah. you know, I didn't have, there wasn't, there wasn't social media. There weren't, there weren't phones. We weren't attached to, um, there wasn't, you know, there was internet, but no one was really, it wasn't this thing. It was like, you know, you had to dial up. Yeah. So what occurred to me was it was like, oh, wow. You know, there's all these young people out there going through these really difficult, stressful things, trying to figure out who they are, what they want, what life's all about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? And while simultaneously dealing with a world that was so radically different than, you know, older people could really even understand. And that got me really interested in, at the time they were millennials, now millennials are older, uh, Gen Zers. But at the time I was just, I really stopped and started to learn and research and study these younger generations to try to understand, you know, what, what makes them different and what is it that they need in order to be successful in your twenties? Because it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be miserable. It is a difficult time. It is a time of a lot of exploration, but I'm a firm believer that if you can figure some things out, if you can, if you can figure out how to have a good sense of self, you know, set boundaries, have good, know what a good relationship looks like, you know, figure out how to get on a good career path that works for you. If you can figure some of these things out for yourself, you know, it makes your thirties, forties, fifties, it makes all of that so much easier, better. It makes you happier all of that. So that's, that's really what I do is I just help young adults try to find themselves. Yeah. That's interesting. A sense of self is something that I, I tend to come back to all the time, but what, what were some of the differences then um, that you've kind of come, you know, you've discovered in your work between say like, you know, people growing up in the early nineties, like me and well, me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that the, the biggest part of it is just, you know, technology and information and expectations, right? Like when I was, when I was in my twenties, I, you know, I didn't have, there wasn't Instagram. So I wasn't comparing myself to anyone. Yeah. You would compare yourself to people on magazines, maybe on TV, but it wasn't, you know, these things weren't with you 24 yeah. seven and I didn't have access to it. And basically when I, in my twenties, you know, you would just look around and go, oh yeah, we're all broken. You know, we're all broke. None of us know what we're doing. We all drive crappy cars. Like, oh, okay. I'm fine. You know? Yeah. There wasn't this intense comparisonitis and this intense feeling like you were always behind. This is a comment I get from clients constantly where they feel like I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind, you know, I'm wasting time. What am I going to do? And so technology and how quick it is and how much we expect each other to, you know, be on all the time, it creates this atmosphere and this idea that number one, you know, just like social media, your life has to be perfectly curated. 
And it, it also shows you that things need to happen gradually. Things need to happen fast because you know, the photos that we're scrolling through, we like, you know, we like to scroll through some photos and show the quick transformation, or we like to go through and, and um, just look at pretty things. And even though intellectually, we understand like, oh, that's my friend Susie, and I know she hates her life. Even though if you see Susie on the beach in Thailand, you're still going to feel jealous, right? You're still going to feel this like, oh, what is Susie doing that I'm not doing? And what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this constant comparisonitis this constant feeling like you're not measuring up, you're not doing well enough because what you see around you is, um, you know, so perfect. And, you know, it's also the rise of the reality celebrity people that are you know, getting paid millions of dollars for really not, you know, not really having a talent that they've spent, you know, 10, 15 years harnessing. Yeah. Um, and I think that part is, is really hard. And then on the work end, it's hard because we, you know, my first job out of college, I worked 9.30 to 5.30. At 5.30, we like we turned off the lights, we locked the door, and we left. Yeah. And my boss had no way of getting a hold of me unless yeah. she called me at home and I picked up. So that's so different than what my clients are going through, where they've got bosses texting them on the weekends. And so they're yeah. constantly like, do I work? Do I not work? And then with the pandemic, that just really shot everything out the window, oh, right? Like, Yeah, I mean... It's- it's 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 unreal because like people like I I get messages now saying I saw you're online so I just thought I would ask you it's like yeah but it's like Sunday like and, and I, I'm 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 having Sunday but it's like yeah. I saw you online so I thought I'd just ask you for this little bit of work it's like why how did that become a thing do you know what I mean it's like, yeah. also like your boss like I've got I've got staff yes of course sure. <laughs> and you can and like everyone's friends on facebook and you can kind of yeah. see what everyone's up to yeah we uh, saw that the line of privacy is yeah drawn, which i'm kind of very grown up and drawn a line but yeah it's odd but like, i think i think the one thing i, I remember sort of from my youth was growing up uh the little like the late the late 90s early 2000s was that i didn't have a sense of uh, being let down actually because like, i'd say to my friends i'll meet you at the station at 7 p.m and if you're mm-hmm. not at the station i'll go to the pub and if i'm at well, if i'm at the pub then we'll go out and if you're not there then i'll be here and it's like if people didn't go like there wasn't this sense of immediate anxiety of like where are you why are you like on the, not someone's on socials oh they're not quite there yet or they're there and like you, uh, it's, it's like that instilled yeah, yeah, yeah. now it's like, and i'm i'm probably guilty of it too it's like because my phone is in my hand so where are you but like, I've, mm-hmm. I've been waiting it's like that transition of lack of patience and again as you said says expectation is like mm-hmm. it baffles me how we have literally been dictated by by tech like the, the accessibility of technology yeah well and it's also the other thing with texting i i say hands down texting has made it way too easy for us to flake on people yeah right because yeah. once upon a time yeah. right yeah. you were going to meet your friend for them at the movies right or yeah. at the pub you if you did not show up they would just be sitting there waiting for you yeah like, you were in deep trouble so it forced you like oh god okay and, 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 and so this is another thing that we're seeing right now with the younger generations, a lot of social anxiety, a yeah. lot of anxiety around interacting with, with other people. And a lot of that is, is that, is that they, they are, they're able to, it's, it's the, so it's technology, but it's really how technology has made it easy for people not to 
force themselves to like get over the hump, right? Because going and meeting yeah. someone new and all of that, dating, all of that, it's, it's anxiety provoking. Mm. And so now we have all of these things that, right, are creating anxiety for us and at the same time, allowing us to avoid anxious situations. Yeah. And, That's so true. Yeah. and we need to, with anxiety, one of the tools to manage your anxiety, especially if you have social anxiety, is to not avoid, Yeah, you know, not to avoid it, to not yeah. sit there and analyze and say, should I call them? Should I not? Or should yeah. I ask them out? Or should I not? It's really about just going and doing it and, and knowing that you're, you know, when you get to the other side, you'll be okay. Like nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that's this weird paradox that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and so that's what's made young people so, you know, that created such anxiety for them. We, we had, um, we, we had uh, a guy on most recently who um, was uh, enabling sort of, he was on a paralysis and sort of go through um, porn addiction and the use of like technology and stuff with that and how, and one of my points was, about like youth being that for something that, you know, I've been told through friends and everything else is that there's a simple lack of have, having this an access to, to something as taking away uh, emotion a bit, right? Well, quite a lot, in fact. So like, I've, I've had things of like people going out with people that are like a millennial or what have you and not, and, 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 and something being about other not liking kissing, for example, because kissing isn't something you would typically see on porn videos or things like that. And therefore, Therefore, it's sort of become a void thing of closeness and interaction. And it's like it's such a base thing. Kissing was like when you didn't have phones or you wasn't able to slide into someone's DMs, you'd look at them across a club and you'd hope to get a kiss. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, how sad is it that culture has moved on so desperately that we've bypassed, we've bypassed the, uh, the romance and we're straight in for the kill. It's like, and that, that, that's like socially, I don't just mean about sex. I mean, just in every manner. Like you bypass, you bypass the nice in a way. It just you know? goes straight to the like because you can court your friends if you get my point. Like the way you talk to people, the way you meet and engage people, I'm just baffled by like what happened, you know. And and it is it is yeah causing like much upset and and, and clearly anxiety in people. I think it's ease, isn't it? It's easy. Yeah, so everyone tends to go with the easy path because it's easiest. So, so like, so letting someone down when you're going there is easy enough to just go, yeah, I ain't coming. Sorry, like, we're <laughs> and it's yeah, and the lack of guilt, yeah, because yeah. you don't have to face like actually speak to that person. That's what yeah, it is. yeah, that's the big part. If you had to pick up the phone and let people down, yeah, yeah, that would be a whole other thing. Like people, <laughs> I, I, you know, that would be that takes a lot of guts, and I, I see this too with my clients and dating is a great example of this of they're like oh my god this guy called me i'm like yeah he should pick up the phone and call you yeah you know like what do you think you're going to gleam from text messages yeah you know and i'm constantly amazed by how much you know people really like all of their conversations with their partner and everything i'm like so wait was this in person or over the phone they're like no 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 this was all text you know, these people are having these big fights and arguments and, and, and intense conversations all through text messages. And it, it is, there is a, there is something about, um, you know, I'm going to sound incredibly old, but there is something about just the art of being able to have a conversation with a person and relate to them in person. Yeah in a way that yes, it is missing. And then, the, you know, the pandemic really just 
put a whole new wrench into that. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So one thing that I really love about life, <laughs> such a grand statement, mm. but um, is like in, in England, especially, and obviously in the States as well, actually. So I'll, I'll retract that in a minute. So, I mean, when you go out and you're able to sit at a bar, um, that one thing, one of my favourite things in the world, especially in like LA, I spent quite a lot of time there, um, is I can go into a bar and just sit and have an engagement with somebody that is mm. deeper than just, you're right, how's it going? Like, I end up with friends, right? And it's something yeah. I love. I love the ability to look at the whites of someone's eyes and actually find out who they are. And here, it's much the same. Like, it's it's always been that way for me. And I've, I've got some very good friends that were bartenders. They were people that are just in the pub, like people that live locally, and I got to know more about their life. The minute that stopped, I had no... Because um, we, I don't know, like with post-pandemic, post we were sat... We had to be... We weren't allowed at the bar, of course, but we were in these sort of areas with just the people we knew. And I just stopped going because, yeah, because like... The, the the enjoyment of social interaction is literally the unknown response, isn't it? That's the excitement. I think the like, important thing about social interaction, which which I think is what we lose, is that um, when you're when you're interacting with someone and they seem to be enjoying what you're saying, yes, yeah, it exactly. makes you feel good about it. It's yourself. validation, yeah, but it, and and it's not just validation of getting ticks or a love heart come up yeah. on a picture you posted, yeah, that actually is just a false representation of your life anyway. It's just so straight, and I can and the amount of stress that that must have provided so many young people as well. Yeah. Being yeah. new, I mean, I guess as well in the states, being you know new to drinking around sort of your early 20s, yeah. just just getting into that environment in co like post-college or whatever, in college, and then not being able to. It's like, I, can, I can't imagine that happening as a, yeah. so as a young person at that point. It's so beneficial to growing up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and this has been a huge issue for young people that really isn't being talked about because I have clients who their entire career has been remote. Now, mind you, it's only been like, you know, a year and a half of their career. But what people don't understand, I think older generations don't understand is beyond the fact that you're missing all of these huge milestones of your lives, graduations, you know, parties, all this stuff that's so important when you're young and, and to be celebrated for accomplishing something, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Beyond those things, you, you've got a lot of young people who are going right into the working world remote. So they have no idea. They don't know how to talk to their boss about things. They don't know what to do, you know, and the meeting's over, click, it's done. And they're left alone in their rooms trying to figure out like, well, how do I navigate this particular issue at work? And who do I ask? And do I try to figure it out on my own? And yeah. do I bother people? And, and so there's all of these, these things that right now we don't know what the future is, but there, there will be a ripple effect to it. And the other thing that you were saying is really important, which is, you know, our brains don't fully form until we're 25. So what we, we tend to think of things in terms of like 18, 21, right? Um, yeah. Of these milestones or these markers, college graduation, high school graduation. But really, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you are still, your brain is still developing and which, which is why these years are so critical and so important because you are shaping how you see yourself, how you see the world, you know, um, what you think about things. And, and so if you've grown up and your measure of success or worth or whatever it is, are these likes that you get, you know, you've got to imagine and understand what that's like once you get out into the working world of like, how, how do you then, 
how do you translate getting likes on a social media app into, well, how do I like my job and how do I like my relationship and how do I, you know, how do I enjoy the people around me, right? There's, this is a lot of what I see and they have done studies. Blue Cross did a huge study on millennials uh, back in 2018 and they talked about how incredibly depressed the gen, you know, these generations are, it's they're, they're depressed, they're anxious because of, you know, just this tremendous amount of pressure to have these, you know, incredibly fascinating, interesting lives. Mm. And the fact is once, right, once you get out into the working world and once you get into life, it's pretty mundane, you know, it's pretty grown. I've been married almost 18 years and I say to my clients all the time, I don't know what you're rushing to get to. Like, I love my husband, but I mean, like I've spent the last year and a half with him and locked in a house and I love him. He's great, but I don't know why you're rushing to get married because it's, you know, it's long. But is it, is it, do you think then, because people are sold this like ideal on, on Instagram and stuff where they think that achieving like adulthood, if you will, is like owning a Tesla and having this huge, beautiful house with a swimming pool. And like, and you know, and they are, they're lovely things to achieve, obviously, and to, to have. But the fact is like that, that in itself is, I don't know. Is, is it, is it that, is it, is it the search for the ideal that isn't there sometimes? I don't know. I think it's, I use this expression all the time, which is, you know, you have to like your now, now, like yeah. now, yeah. which is, and I think that that is, when you're 16, 17 years old and you're dreaming about your future in your bedroom, your future can be whatever it wants to be. Like it's so easy in your mind to say, okay, at 22, I'll do this. And at 25, I'll do this. And then I'll meet someone and marry them by 27. And then I'll do, right. You can easily do that. And what happens is, is that people do, they create these timelines in their heads about what they think they want for their future and what's, what's going to make them happy. So then they, you know, they, they create these things. And once they get into the working world and out and they realize like, Oh wait, I'm not just going to meet someone at 26. Like that's not going to just happen. And there's that combination (laughs) combined with um, just right. How we view happiness. Cause we tend to, we are very future focused. We are very much about when I lose 20 pounds, I'll be happy. When I, you know, when I make this X amount of money, we'll be happy. And I do it too. I've done it many times over the years and I know better and I know, and I, and, and I'll get there, I'll achieve that goal and I'll find myself thinking like, okay, so what's the next goal. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what you have to do and remember is, is that, listen, if, if you want to have the swimming pool and the Tesla and all those things, that's fine. If you want to do the van life, if you want to, if you want to be an artist, if you want to have whatever the life you want to have, it's, it's, it's fine. Go after that. But it's really about being happy and, and figuring out what's going to make me happy now and build upon that so that what you're creating for yourself will continue to make you happy. You know, and I, I, I see this a lot where people will get into these jobs where, yeah, they're making tons of money and they're grinding it out and they keep thinking like, well, once I achieve whatever this is, I'll be happy. And, and it's, I'm kind of like, you know, is it worth it? Is it, is it worth, you know, not having a life for 10, 15 years to, to get to the other side? And, and, and then where are you? Are you going to be happy there? Mm-hmm. And so that's why and anyone will tell you this, even if you needed to, if you wanted to lose 20 pounds, the first thing people will, you know, any healthy eating person will tell you is you've got to like yourself now. 
You've got to not hate who you are and think that the 20 pounds less of you is a better person. It's no, like I love myself now and I love myself, but so I love myself enough to feed myself certain kinds of foods and carve time out of my day to exercise and do things that are good and healthy for me at my pace versus this attitude of that inner drill sergeant of you're horrible, you're terrible, you're, you know, no one's going to love you. So therefore you need to change. Yeah, it's the self-loathing and that and that kind of perception of yourself. Um, so, how do you go about addressing these things, Tess? <laughs> well, um, the liking your now, now like, um, that you right, know well, that really it starts hmm. with. A, I think it starts with just taking some time and reflecting getting out of that headspace of, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to work my way up and work and I've got to do this. I've got to do that of really stopping and asking yourself, like, what do I enjoy? Like, am I enjoying my life now? Do I enjoy my work? A lot of times people get into these jobs where they think like, okay, well, I'll feel a lot better about it once I'm making this much, or I'm, I'm a boss or I'm this. And, and what I tell people all the time about work is work is what you do every day. It's the tasks that you do. So, you know, uh, being someone who works with people all day long, if I did not enjoy talking to people, this would be a really hard job. And so you've got, it's, it's about, it's about what you get up and do, who you're interacting with, what kind of, what are you, um, what, what are you selling? What are you talking about? Right. And so you have to ask yourself, like, do I want to do that? Do this thing, get, you know, get really good at it. And, and then it's looking at your life and, you know, do you like where you live? Do you like the people that are around you? Do you like the people that you interact with? Like really auditing in a way your life and asking yourselves like right now, what's working for me and what's not working for me. And it's funny, as strange as it sounds, that's something that people don't do enough. They don't really stop and ask themselves, like, do I like my friends? You know, do I like where I live? And, and, and really, this is what I do with my clients is really trying to help them figure out how do I, you know, what are the things that I need to focus on and start to change for myself so that I can move in a different direction? And what are the things that I need to keep and really appreciate and have gratitude, right? Because we get very hyper-focused on all the things in our lives that aren't working, you know, we get very hyper-focused on and we don't focus enough on the things that are working. So we need to be grateful. The things that we haven't got, we're more bothered about the things that we haven't got and thinking about being grateful for the things we have got. Mm. I I certainly went through that journey with myself Mm. where uh, I just learned to try and be more appreciative of things rather than thinking, oh, I want. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I think something that shifted in my mind was... Like I used to be, like I've I've worked in music for quite a while, Tess, and it's and I've made music, I've, yeah, done touring and all that stuff, and had loads of things, and craved like the new MacBook and whatever else, and then for some reason, what what always happened to me, and it was like a weird thing, like I'd buy something new, and I'd drop it immediately, and mm-hmm. it'd scratch and break, and it used to crush me, but it was oddly like a lesson in like it's a tool to do something yeah. with, right? So like a laptop became a, a music audio station for me to make stuff. And then I started earning money out of this bit of kit that had a, a dent in it or whatever. And I think my, my, my brain sort of went to actually like appreciating experiences more than anything yeah. else. And mm. I've said this before on the podcast as well, but like, and it still is like, I'd rather 
I don't. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite frivolous with money, really. Like I'm a bit like whatever, and it's it's an issue in itself. I, I mean, you know, but I I've always found that I'd rather spend that money around a table with good people sharing an experience now anyway than than worrying about replacing something or getting something new or or whatever because that 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 experience is not replaceable that is a one-off yeah, that's the being happy now thing that's a one-off mm-hmm. yeah and, I, and i'm guilty don't get me wrong like i don't do that all the time at all but i realize I, I i wake up in the morning and, and i can be like that night was so good like i did everything i needed to do it was beautiful and i will remember it what till the day i die you know and that is that's that's something that I think comes with age and actually being shown. Like I, mm. I, I, cer- I certainly was coached by some people in my life, not necessarily in my music job as such, but in, in like other admin jobs and like people I work with that were just they had a much more. And I guess it was pre technology, like pre hyper social media usage and that, but they just had a much more balanced view and opinion. And I think when you meet people that do that for you. You, you, it does start to change and bend your perceptions, and I think it's a lovely thing when when you're able to sort of set that aside, right? Yeah, you're lucky if you can meet those people. Though that's yeah, why, sure. like, people like me have therapy because I don't necessarily <laughs> around those yeah. people. But then I have therapy, yeah. but just for different reasons, I guess. Right? And that's, you know, yeah. how we well, are. and so this is why to circle back right to what we were talking about earlier about how easy it is to you know, not show up to things, right? Like this is, this is exactly what you're talking about is that, you know, how do you have these experiences if you're not showing up to your life, if you're not going to the thing, if you're not putting yourself out there and engaging and um, how, you know, how are you doing that? And, and so, so much of this, I always talk about this, this combination of exploration, you know, exploration and reflection, you know, it's really about, reflecting on, you know, what is it that I want? What's working? What's not working? What do I want? What don't I want? And then really going out and starting to explore and figure out, you know, because that's the other part of it too, is somewhere along the way, we got this idea in our head that we all have to know what the end result is in order to do things. This is something I get with my clients all the time where they'll say, I'll say to them like, why don't you just take like a pottery class? Why don't you just do this? You know, just do something simple. Like, you know, you're, you do something that's got a beginning, a middle and an end that will produce something. And they're like, well, what am I going to do with that? And I'm like, you're going to use your hands and make something. But there's this idea now, because we live in this hashtag hustle culture, because there is all this pressure of got to get stuff done and you got to get stuff done, that people have a very hard time exploring and doing new things um, without it feeling like there has to be some sort of purpose to it. But what's happening is, is that we do need to explore. We do need to wander. We do need to go out and, you know, have random conversations and do random things and go to the random class and, and, and take these trips and do these things where we don't really know what we're going to get from it in order to figure out more about ourselves. Mm. And, and I think that that's, that's just what I see with my clients is, is that, you know, technology in the world that we live in, it's kind of created this little box that everyone sort of put themselves in where it's like, no, I need to, you know, that's too scary. That's too difficult. I know I need to know what the ending is. Um, you know, all of these things and so much of figuring out who you are as a human being is this combination of going out and experiencing things. Cause you don't really know what you're going to like or don't like until you do it. And then, and then coming back inward and saying, well, did I like that? 
Yeah. What did I like about it? What was good? What was bad? You know, what felt right? What felt wrong? All of these things. And, and that's really the key to figuring out, you know, these larger life questions, but that, you know, it takes time. It's not very, you know, it's not very glamorous. And there is a lot of, you have to, you have to wander and you have to sit and trust that you'll figure out where you're going at some point. Mm. Yeah. Experimentation. It's funny. Cause, um, like my daughter's 14 and uh, that school already going right. They're almost, uh, they're really going on about exams. And I think, and I remember when I was younger, it was at like 14, you should have this idea about what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's just huge. And oh, like, no. actually you just end up getting a crap job and then that leads you into something else. And then that leads you into something else. Then you meet someone and they suggest trying that. And it's like, yeah. we're, as you say, there's this kind of assumption that we're meant to have it all worked out from mm. this early point. And but I changed careers mm. like recently, and it's all just completely doable. But we're not told that, are we? We're told no. that we we should know what we're doing. No, it's crazy. Like the the, the I, I, change. I, I think I mean it, it here as well. Like we're not we're not necessarily so our like. Um, our sort of system for like in introducing you to work yeah. <laughs> is a really a really interesting one and it hasn't really changed much and it's st it starts at basically you get to a certain age and you can go and do work experience mm. and it's never in what you want to do it's in yeah. it's in what's available yeah so like i was like i'm gonna be a musician they were like okay cool there's a graphic printers uh <laughs> in the middle of london that we're gonna send you to and because you, you like art stuff it's like yeah, I'm good at art, but I don't want to do art. And and then I end up getting taught Photoshop for three days. I was meant to do it for two weeks, and the guy signed me off to go home. And he was like, "I'll just say you're here every day, and you can go if you want." I was like, "Yeah, this is boring." And, yeah. so it was, and that still happens. I know it does because a friend of mine's son is doing the, they did the exact same thing recently. You know, and it's like you're not geared towards that really. But you're like, like, like I think, the, and you're meant to be making like life decisions for your grades. And it's we should like, be told. <laughs> we're, the thing is, we're not really told that you're allowed to get it wrong. No, we're not. That's true. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, it's very true. And it's like, you can get it wrong. Uh, right. And the impact is normally pretty minimal. Yeah. So you can get it wrong and then, and you can change your mind at any point. Yeah, throughout your entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. But we're not really told that. And again, it's, uh, you know, I think you said, Tess, about showing up. Like, I kind of like that as a metaphor for life. Life, yeah. Uh, show if up. you don't show up, then you don't. If you don't, I was just say it as though you have to engage with life. You have to try things and engage with life to mm. get those experiences to know. Um, mm. Quite often people don't, especially when they get to like my age. Like I'm 45. People now are sort of thinking, well, like this is it then. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't have to be. Like mm -hmm. you can still go and have good experiences. You can try things out still. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that whole thing of like, oh, well, well, I'll be 50 when this happens. It's like, well, you're going to be 50 regardless. You hope you are. Right. So it doesn't. Yeah. I think so much of this is about right our our perceptions and how we see failure versus success. Right. We you know, we really, really, I think in many ways we we fear failure more than we want success. And I see so many people making choices and doing things as a means of keeping themselves safe from failure. And what they're doing is in spite of maybe having some level of success along the way, or even learning something about them themselves. Yeah. And there's some key concepts that come up all the time with my clients. And one of them is, you know, this, the fear of failure, there's a tremendous amount of, 
of uh, fear around failure. And again, I, I think a lot of it's got to do with social media and how social media shows failure. Um, you know, people, people tend to on social media, either, you know, curate this perfect image or they tell you a story of how they failed, but now they've triumphed. Um, so they've kind of left out the middle part or they kind of tell you this messy part of the middle, but it doesn't ever feel very genuine. It feels very much like I'm going to tell you my messy middle because I need validation or I need this or I need that. Like, so we have a really hard time really trying to understand what does it look like? And what I say is, you know, there is no such thing as failure. There really isn't, you know, it's, it's failure is subjective. You know, we, the three of us all go to a restaurant and I love it and you hate it. And, you know, one of you hates it and one of you thinks it's so, so like who's right and who's wrong in that situation. And so that's the part that's really important. It's being able to see these things as, oh, I tried this new thing, not as, and I failed at it, but I just tried it. Like the success, you know, we have to be able to see success as simply doing the act of it, not the outcome. Yeah. But because we've gotten so focused on the outcome, you know, that is what's stopping us from doing these things. And um, so that's the part that's really, really important is, is that you've got to let go of, you know, trying to control the outcome, trying to figure out what, how this is all going to turn out. And you've really got to focus on praising yourself for just doing it in the first place and seeing that success is just taking action, taking that first step, doing it. And, and obviously we all have times in our lives. I have many of them where there's like these moments of like, Ooh, you know, I said, the, I said something uh, and I should have said this, or I should, it should have done this. Like we all have those moments in time, but really it's, it's in exchange for, you can't, you can't control your life and not do things to simply never have a moment where you go, Oh, you know, <laughs> that didn't go too well. Or oh, I shouldn't, uh, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't my best. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, uh, um, enjoy the journey. Mm. Like, and, and try and appreciate the journey more than, um, because it, I, I tend to, uh, I, certainly previously when I, I just basically hate everything <laughs> so i used to hate everything uh, and that's because whenever i got to a destination <laughs> and that could be like when i say destination that could be a point in life mm. i'd invariably say that wasn't worth the journey right um and that's because uh, all the way through the journey i resented the journey yeah, so that I wasn't going to like the outcome because I'd already decided I didn't like the journey anyway. Yeah. Right, uh, I agree. And I, I feel like uh, something I've learned it's very much is to try and appreciate the journey much more mm. um, and yeah, enjoy the doing rather than the final bit. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I think like the main the maintenance of like your mental health during that journey is something that has sort of wavered. I think over over many years for many people, I think it seems that there's a, there's a detrimental knock on effect now from everything that happens. And I think we're, although we're more equipped to identify it, which is a great thing. I think, I think that it's, it still needs to be sort of noted. I think that like staying, staying mentally, mentally well during that journey is as imperative as the journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's an achievement. And it is an achievement. That's right. Yeah. Because you're always going to have, 
there's always going to be down points and it's a it is like regardless about seeing the best in those and how they affected your life yeah you know? it, i always say so i often say if you managed if you manage yeah, your way through managed, a difficult yeah. situation yeah then you did really well yeah you yeah. know that was a win it was a win yeah that's interesting so how so how how do you how would you, would you advise your your clients and people you work with to sort of to stay mentally well? Um, well, I think you know everything that you're saying absolutely, and you know when you're talking about the journey, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is being able to look at your life and say, well, do I like this? Because the journey yeah. is right. The journey is the work that you do every day. <laughs> the yeah, journey yeah. is the person that you're living with. Like the journey is where you're living, what, you know, all of those things. So, um, you know, the best in terms of just the day to day of staying mentally healthy, it's, I think the biggest part of it is, you know, there's this, we, we tend to throw away around this idea of like self-care, self-care, self-care. And what does that mean? And really what self-care is, is at, at its core, it's not bubble baths and like candles. It's really about getting up in the morning and saying like, what is it that I need for myself today? Like, what is it that I'm feeling? What is it that I'm needing? What am I thinking about? You know, what is it that I need for myself? You know, do I need connection? How do I, you know, how do I find that? Do I need movement? Okay. How do I find that? Like, do I need more time and space to just do nothing? Okay. How do I find that, that those kinds of things like that is real self-care and, and really having good mental health is about being very aware, number one, of your thoughts and feelings in real time, which is mindfulness. And, um, you know, and I really encourage all of my clients to find ways in their life to be mindful, whether it's taking up a meditation practice, but it doesn't have to be, you know, doing hours of meditation a day. It could be as simple as getting up in the morning and just not checking your emails, like mindfully being present in your own morning and having your own morning, reading something, having a conversation, like learning how to keep your mind and your on the present moment. And, um, and then constantly being able to have an understanding and awareness of what is it that I'm really needing right now? Like, why am I reacting this way? Why am I feeling this way? What's happening? And the more that you're able to do that in real time, that's everything. Awareness is everything. Yeah. The other part of it is, is so much of it is about our thoughts and what, how we choose to think about things, because we tend to think that we have no control over our thoughts, but actually our thoughts are the one thing that we have complete control over, yeah. right? You hear this all the time from prisoners, prisoners of war, right? Where they talk about being stripped away of everything. But the one thing that people can't take away from you, no one can take away from you is what you decide to think about, what you decide to focus on, what you, how you see things. And it's not about like, just like think about rainbows and sunshine and be happy, right? This sort of toxic positivity that people talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really about being able to stop yourself and say, wait a second, hold on, I'm catastrophizing here or wait, stop, you know, I'm not going to get fired or hold on a second, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a terrible thing or, okay, what's really happening here and being able to recognize, recognize our thoughts, reframe them, change them and find a new way of thinking of, and just thinking about things, thinking about ourselves, because no matter what, you know, e 
the thing is, is that our minds are our brains, because we are very much cave people, our brains and bodies, all of it, we are designed to keep ourselves safe. And our brains were designed to see the dangers, to see like what could go wrong, because that's once upon a time kept us alive. And the problem that we have now in our modern world is it's not so life and death that we don't need to be at this high alert all the time because there's rustling in the bushes. But the problem is, is that we tend to keep going to those places. But what research has found is, is that if you start to think differently about things, see gratitude is a great one, right? See the positive, enjoy the journey, be present, see the good. If you're able to do that, you're going to be able to build new neural pathways in your brain that will replace those negative thoughts. And again, this isn't overnight. You know, that's the other part of it too, is people, they come to me and they want these really quick fixes. And I'm like, oh no, no, this is this is a lifelong journey. Doesn't mean you're in therapy or coaching or anything for the rest of your life. That's not the point. The point really is, is that it is your lifelong goal is, you know, managing the thoughts in your mind and learning how to have different kinds of dialogues in your head. And sometimes, listen, I have sticky notes all over my my desk that remind me of things of like, you have nothing to prove. I'm reading them now. Like I allow it to be easy. Like just things that mean something to me that I have to remind myself of even in my advanced age. And, and even with all this training that it is incredibly hard to manage these minds that really are, you know, aren't designed for this modern world. I, I do every, um, everything you said there, that I, um, I, I, had a therapy a few years ago and I, and my therapist said a lot of what you said uh, and I completely, completely agree. Um, it was a revelation to me when I heard all that, heard, heard the stuff about how your brain works mm. and, um, and it's right. I mean, people tend to think they, they see a therapist or a psychiatrist and, um, someone else is going to solve the problem and it's like no it's, a lot no. of it is kind of it's almost like you know if, if you're physically unwell or you, you know you've got diabetes you change your diet you exercise a bit uh and and then you feel better long long term mm. um and that's the same with your thinking you know it is something you have to kind of work on all the time and like i still kind of fall back um, but then I have to, but then I kind of catch myself going, oh, why is my, I know why my brain's doing that mm. and that's not helpful. So I'll move on. Mm. And that's incredibly powerful. And I see this with clients all the time where it's, you know, when I start working with them towards the time that we're wrapping up, which is, it's really powerful to hear them tell me like, oh, wait a second. And then like a couple hours later, I realized like, yeah. And I said to them, I said, what you want to get to is you want to get to a point of awareness where it takes you, you know, shorter and shorter and shorter amount of time to recognize like, wait a second, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I don't need to do this, you know, and, and, and I've got to, I've got to figure out, you know, what it is, you know, I've got to redirect and think about this in a different way. And again, I, I really want to like say this because I think a lot of times people dismiss this as being this, you know, you just want me to think about happy things and cupcakes and stuff. And, and you know what, even thinking something neutral is better than negative. 
Yeah. Right. So, so sometimes it's, it's like, even if you can't go to this happy place with something, even if you can't find, you know, find it there, thinking something neutral about it is more positive for you than always going down to the negative, but it is, it's a work. In, it's, it's truly a work in progress. Uh, it's I'll use this example. A friend of mine, um, Dr. Abby Metcalf, who's also a, she's a psychologist and therapist. She talks about this where, you know, we get, what happens is we get in our car in the morning and it starts and we just sort of go, we just bebop around along our day. Car starts. Great. Keep moving. Next day we get into our car and the car doesn't start. And suddenly it's like, Jesus, this is the worst. Life sucks. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, my whole day is ruined. How am I going to pay for this? And the, the thing with this is, is that what's really important is you know, it's the times where you get into your, but you don't celebrate the times that you get into your car and the car starts. No, no. Right. We have these moments that are really good and positive. Like things are, you know, that's again, it's gratitude, but it's also like things are working for me. Like life is moving forward. Something's happening. And that's the other part of it too, is it's not just replacing your, your thoughts all the time. It's also finding new ways to see the good in what you have and what is working versus only focusing on it when it doesn't work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's kind of given me pause to think because, uh, yeah, I certainly find myself doing that and I have to kind of, mm. I'll notice myself going down a kind of negative route and then I'll have to say, hold on, no, there are positives in there and things, there are good things and I'll try and appreciate the good things because there are, um, but yet you don't see them because they're there all the time. Yeah, you just tend to forget. See, I, I, I suffer from that quite a bit. Like I, and, and I often like, I, I feel like a snowball effect. So there will be an account, something will happen and it will be bad. And I, I've kind of had that quite a lot recently, like this week and last where there's just been a succession of bad things. And like, I think the way, the one thing I am very dependent on is having good people that actually care about me and actually mm -hmm. give me time and, and a sense of community and wanting um, as opposed to kind of trying to get that out of people that have too much going on themselves. Yeah. And that's always been a thing of mine. And I think I, I'll, I'll chase it. I'll chase like assistance at times, but actually someone will always come along and always say, look, just think about it this way. And, and, and I realize that you can, you can solve this issue. And I, and, and at times I, I suffer from sort of getting maybe overly excited, excited, like angrily. And it's anger aimed at myself to be brutally honest, because I didn't do something I should have like a car, you know, like that light's been on the dashboard for like, I don't know how long. And yet I've still ignored it to the point where I'm on a motorway and I've broken down yeah. and I'm just angry at myself and then something else will happen. And it, it just makes you physically feel for lack of a better term, like shit. And it, and, it, and you need somebody else occasionally to sort of just show you that everything is all right. And actually, as you said, when it does start, when it, when, when you, when, you know, like I actually, actually, I will say on the, I went to, um, I was due to be at an appointment and I was late and my car, like I couldn't get an Uber to a station the other day. And uh, it just so happened that I actually used my car to go to the station. I got to the station and the, the car park, because it was half of the day, was half the price of the Uber would have been. So I parked it and that was cool. Then I got in, I said, I had two minutes to get my train. And then that was discounted because it was after time. And I was like, oh, great. And then it, I all got there and I even got there 10 minutes early. And I swear <laughs> to God, I just was like, 
Yes! Yeah. Something good! <laughs> and, like, and then, like, yeah, and then following that's been a snowball of crap. But, like, I mean, but, but at the same point, though, now I've said it, I realised that happened the other day, and it's like, that was a good day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You do have to kind of reflect. Yeah. I, like, uh, it's, yeah. I like the uh, like the idea of auditing, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes post, you need yeah. to audit your day. There's yeah. loads of bad things, and then, yeah, sure. then you think, hold on, yeah. a few things have fallen into place, or actually, last week, everything fell into place nicely. This is what I do. I kind of audit my... If I start feeling really low, mm. I start doing that auditing. Yeah. Uh, and start thinking, other uh, am I, you know, are these feelings warranted? Yeah. Mm. And sometimes they're, they're really not. Uh, sometimes they are, but if they are, at least you know, you know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've identified it. I like that test. Uh, you said it earlier, the audit in your life. Sometimes, uh, yeah, because, I mean, we've all had friends who are actually... Um, they're really, really toxic and not good to be around. And, like, yeah, and then sure. you decide that yeah. you don't want to be friends with them anymore uh, and you might feel terrible about it, but actually it was a really good idea. Yeah, mm. I, I, and I think that's that's the thing, right? As, you know, when, you're, when you are sort of looking and, and accepting all of the things that in your life that are actually really good, I don't think there's any harm. Like I've done that. Like I've removed myself from social situations because I knew they were going to hinder my my sort of overall plan of what I wanted to be at a point in my life. I've done that for sure because I, I was, you know, it, it, and music can be a very very toxic place, and like if you, you can get drawn into sort of partying too much and then that just being what life is for a long time. You don't actually get anything done. You just procrastinating and making your body t- turn into a toxic mess and. Uh, and I think I think we're all capable of doing that, aren't we? We're capable of as long as we're shown how and and I suppose given the right influence. I suppose it's, uh, yeah, and and again, I think some of that comes down to how you've, uh, like how you view yourself. If you view yourself as being worth more, mm. then you mm. might do something about it. But if you view yourself as a piece of shit, <laughs> yeah. then you'll carry on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's hard to pull yourself out of that. I mean that that. Self-compassion, we are incredibly compassionate towards other people and we're very, very hard on ourselves. And right, like that's yeah. that you were talking earlier about going to friends for advice and then being able to calm you down because they can see it so clearly. And that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is one of the hardest parts about being human is that, you know, even though you have all the tools, you are living inside of yourself and it is really hard to be able to see things very clearly. And again, it, it does, you know, it's that Steve Jobs quote, right? Where we can only connect the dots looking backwards, never forwards. Yeah. And and that's, I think, one of the things that you see with people as they get older. And, and I do, I say this to my clients a lot of times. I said, listen, some of the stuff that I'm telling you, I know because of my training and the years of experience. And some of it I know just because I'm old, because I've just yeah. gone through it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that that's part of, you know, one of the things about getting older is you are able to look back on your life and really see like, oh, thank God that, thank God I didn't get that job. Or thank God that person never went out with me because if I had gotten that job, then this would have happened and that would have happened. And then I would be there. You know, we, we look at the things that happen to us as such comments on our lives and our worthiness. And, you know, again, it comes back to this idea of failure versus being able to look at our lives as, 
you know, these are these roadblocks. There are these things that are coming up. It, it, it's, you know, you've got to trust and believe that there's a reason why this is happening. And this is why you're darting this way, you know, all of those pieces. And if you can, if you can relax into that, right. If you can relax into, you know, okay, I'm going to trust that things are going to, you know, work themselves out. Like I, it's not, secreting things. It's not just sitting at home and wishing to have a Tesla. It's about like going out there, doing, exploring, putting yourself out there, but then trusting again, trusting that things are going to, you know, work themselves out. And the things that don't work out for us might be the best things that ever happened to us. Yeah. But I think that's the part about being young. That's really hard is you just lack so much of that knowledge and information. So true. It's so true. I, I think that that rings quite true with, with it. Right? That, that rings true yeah. for me. Like that, that you learn from those those things that, that actually don't work out so well, and that could be anything because you make bad decisions and you know they're bad, but you you still manage to sort of wisp your way through life making them, and and occasionally those decisions will bite you on the ass, and then actually then you won't do it again, yeah. and, and, and and you'll you'll learn from it, and you'll actually make a better decision next time, mm. and that could be anything, you know, it can be as serious or, or basic as it needs, but I think that's it is it's a thing that I you said I wish I knew what is it what's the the quote from the song I wish I knew what I was then when I was younger or so much yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that. Or whatever it, it was is. Stuart's song. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? But like, you know. So we are we are coming to the close of our podcast. Yeah, we are. So can you tell our listeners um where they can find out more about what you do, please? Sure. Um you can go to my website, which is tessbrigham.com or tessbrighamcoaching.com. It'll take you to the same place. Um I have a um I have a uh complimentary workbook. Um uh, called the quarter life crisis handbook. So if you're someone who's trying to figure out like what's going on with my life, what I was talking about earlier, like I'm not happy, what's wrong? Like this is a really good tool for you to, um, start to ask yourself those questions. These are the same questions that I work on with my clients and it'll also get you on my mailing list. I have a, a newsletter that goes out every Sunday called Sundays with tests, where I give you, you know, some tools and tips on how to manage the week ahead. So those are the best ways. And I, I too, am on Instagram, <laughs> Test Brigham, just like everybody else. But yes. I, t- I try to give lots of great information, um, as much, you know, free, good information as I can for right. people who are just, you know, needing it. That's fantastic. Oh, thanks, Tess. I yeah. really enjoyed that. It kind yes. of uh, backed up a lot of things for me, actually. <laughs> things that I kind of uh, like to be reminded of. Yeah, yeah. it seems interesting. I, I just like I like your mentality of working through and, and identifying all of these things that are that are, you know we actually quite often forget when we grow up. So yeah. it is, <laughs> it's 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 something it's something to hold hold true and close to your heart. I think all of this for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, thank you, Tess. Thanks ever so much. That's great. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This is the mouth. This is the mouth. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.